Welcome to the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, founder of PrisonCare.org, equipping compassionate people to support the often invisible people groups who make up a prison neighborhood. The inmate residents, correctional officers, staff, administration, and the families of all these folks. Join me for this week's episode and be encouraged to think, care, and respond as we explore the challenges facing prison neighborhoods everywhere. Let's support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Prison Care Podcast, the five forgotten people groups in a prison. Sabrina here, and thanks for listening to today's episode. Prisons hold an out-of-sight, out-of-mind position in our society, don't they? Whenever possible, prisons are built in a spot that is geographically away from where most of us live and work. Do you wonder why? No, of course you don't. You could just hear people's voices in your heads, right? We don't want a prison in our neighborhood. Real estate agents rarely share the distance to the local prison when they're explaining the selling points of a home. Having a prison within sight of your backyard patio just feels mm, icky somehow. But let's follow the psychology for a minute. If we feel icky when we see a prison, that icky feeling is an indicator that there's something that might happen to us if we get too close. We feel at risk. We feel disrupted in our normal life rhythms. We will find it harder to concentrate on the things that we value most in our lives if we're living it in the shadow of a prison. The prison, simply by existing, seems to interfere with normal life for whoever is close to it. No one really stops to think and arrives at these conclusions. They are obviously pretty silly when you do really think them through. But on some subconscious level, we feel like keeping our distance from a prison is just the better way to live, right? What is the threat that we perceive? Statistically speaking, most violent crimes are not committed by someone who has escaped from a prison. I don't know the actual number, but if I had to guess, it's 1% or less. When is the last time you heard on the news that someone escaped and then committed a crime? It happens, but so rarely. So, We're in greater danger at the mall, or going out to dinner at that awesome new Thai place downtown, than we are living a half mile from a prison. Violent crimes happen all the time near shopping malls and downtown restaurants. Something about the prison itself creates a problem for many people. It's a bad place. Except it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be a place that helps society by providing for the custody and control of people who have proven themselves to be a danger if left to their own choice of neighborhood. The building with the razor wire on top of the fence should be a site that helps us sleep better at night, not one that keeps us up. Okay, perhaps I'm overstating it just a bit, but there is some truth to the observation I'm making here. People, as a general rule, would prefer not to be in close proximity to a prison. If they're going to get close to it, it's going to be because they have a really good reason for it. This simple subconscious response 
that many, many people have to prisons. A vague sense of dread or danger, a nameless mm, ickiness. It creates a problem for the five people groups that make up a prison neighborhood. It makes it more comfortable for people who don't have some compelling reason to get close to the fence to just quietly forget about the people inside the icky building behind the razor wire. And this is the point at which I'd really like to challenge us as a society. Because our comfortable forgetfulness is causing harm to the people who work in prisons, to the people who are serving sentences in prisons, to the families of the people who work or live in prisons. I'm pointing no fingers here. The first 50 years of my life, I comfortably forgot about the people behind the walls. I felt icky every time I got a red light at that one intersection on the way to the beach where you could see the towers and the fencing of the max security facility off Route 13. I preferred to forget, and it never occurred to me that my out-of-sight, out-of-mind was hurting anyone. So no judgment. I've just realized we can make a positive change here, and someone has to start the conversation. I talk and write about people groups in prisons a lot, and sometimes I talk about three groups, sometimes four, sometimes five. So you may be wondering if I have a problem with math. Actually, yes, I do, but that's not important now. (laughs) And it really only becomes a problem when I have to do math beyond the simple elements like counting. So I really do have the basic skill set necessary to talk about the number of people, groups in a prison neighborhood. Here's why my numbers shift from one podcast to another or one piece of curriculum to another. You see, in one sense, there are three groups inside a prison facility, residents or inmates, staff members of various kinds, and administrators. Dig a little deeper, and uh, there's actually a significant difference in the daily experiences of correctional officers when you compare them to other kinds of prison staff. For example, case managers or warehouse supervisors or medical staff. So now we have four groups to consider. Residents, COs, other staff, and administrators. But Once I began really thinking about the needs of each of those groups and the possibilities for supporting a more positive culture that would be a help to all of them, I was struck with the picture of each of these folks being connected to an entire family on the outside. COs have families who are most definitely negatively impacted by a toxic prison environment. The families of incarcerated people are profoundly impacted by it as well. So, it gets harder to count the people groups. For some topics, I will boil things down to the big three, residents, staff, and administrators. For other topics, it will make more sense to separate the staff into correctional officers and other staff. And for still other topics, the impact on the families outside the fence will be tremendously important. So we'll talk about even more groups. And there you have my introduction to the five forgotten people groups in a prison. Inmates also called residents, offenders, prisoners, men, women, convicts, so many names for this group. Correctional officers, who used to be called guards, by the way, but who are tasked with so much more than just guard duty. Staff, including so many different professions, all with different levels of education and training. 
administrators, bearing the burden of big decision-making, and also deeply impacted by the current political climate in their state. Families. Kids who rarely or never see their parents. Parents who are aging and wonder if, when they die, their kid will even be able to attend their funeral. Siblings who have to pick up the extended family slack because their life situation doesn't make it virtually impossible to offer dependable participation. Husbands and wives who cover all the at-home duties and wonder if there will be enough love to allow for a marriage, too. There are some organizations doing phenomenal work to help us remember. In particular, groups like Prison Fellowship, Speak Up for Hope, and others like them are seeing to it that inmates and their families are not forgotten. The Angel Tree program from Prison Fellowship was probably the first to bring the children of incarcerated parents to the center of our attention and to call on us to care a few decades ago. But it is still too easy to forget. We need more reminders. We need more relationships. The relationships are where we really find the tide turning. We cease to forget people to whom we are truly connected. But the people who work inside a prison? Mm, There are very few reminders, so we forget very easily. How much do you know about the corrections industry? I knew almost nothing until very recently when my journey of education and advocacy began. I had no clue, for example, how very many single moms there are working as correctional officers in male prisons. Sit with that for a second. I had no idea how often a 10-hour shift becomes a 12. And then the COs get held over for another four because of a security issue that arises. And they finish a 16-hour day with an hour's drive home because the prison where they work is built in the middle of nowhere and they live in the town 50 miles away. We're not going to rabbit trail into all the specific challenges on this episode. There will be plenty of episodes in the future to help us all get a clearer picture of the needs of corrections professionals and their families. But the first step in learning is to recognize that we don't already know something, right? One of the most common fears admitted to by people who are incarcerated is that they will be forgotten. They just name it. They know that life is going on outside. They know that it's easy to forget. And they are deeply afraid of it happening. When they are released from prison, they find that they are unwelcome in many places that they go. Finding a job is very hard when every application requires them to check a box showing that they have been convicted of a felony. People are afraid to let them live in their homes, afraid to be in friendships with them. And some of that fear is rational, right? If the person who has served their sentence actually did something horrible, something violent that landed them in prison, well, it's prudent to move cautiously. But it's more than that. We're afraid of what prison did to them after they were sent there. We're afraid that they went in guilty of some immature, stupid fight that got out of hand, and that when they came out, they came out as a hardened, no moral compass criminal who has been trained by the other super bad guys to be worse than they were when they were first arrested. We assume that prison made them worse, not better. 
We have the sense that prison makes people worse. Harder. Desensitized to violence. Comfortable with doing whatever it takes to get what they want. Manipulative. Lacking in conscience. There's evidence out there that we may be right in many cases. Prison does often make people worse, not better. We feel icky when we look at the prison near our backyard patio because it feels like a bad place, a place where bad people do bad things. So what does this do for our subconscious or conscious reaction to corrections professionals? We wonder how much of that bad stuff rubs off on them in the course of a month or 10 years. We get uncomfortable swapping stories over drinks with them because, well, if they tell a story about something that happened at work, like the rest of us are doing, it might be something really awful that we don't actually want to know about. We don't picture them going to work and making a change for the better in the world. We imagine them going to work and doing everything they can not to allow their work to taint them somehow. This is uncomfortable to talk about, no doubt. But do you really think I'm wrong? I mean, none of this is true of every person, of course. But in a general sense, don't corrections professionals make us a bit uneasy? And what makes us uncomfortable but is avoidable is easy to put out of our minds, to forget. The five forgotten people groups in a prison need to become important to us. We need to take responsibility for being a conduit of positive change in a prison environment that makes us all feel icky when we think about it. A prison is not a bad place where bad people do bad things, or at least it certainly shouldn't be. But if the people on the inside, whether serving a sentence or working to pay the bills, if they don't have some support from the rest of us, how can we expect them to find the energy, inspiration, and hope to make prisons the best they can possibly be as agents of rehabilitation in society? That is what prison care is about. And among the many resources and connections you'll find here, you will also find people who are relentlessly reminding the world that the people inside a prison have value, have needs, and deserve our support. Residents, correctional officers, prison staff, administrators, families. Everyone impacted by incarceration matters. May we never forget it. As our time draws to a close today, let me tell you just a little bit about what you can expect on upcoming episodes of the Prison Care Podcast. The next two episodes will take a careful look at what positive prison culture is how it could be possible, and what it would actually look and sound and feel like, and how we can be a part of creating it inside a facility. In the first of the two episodes on this topic, I will cast a vision for culture creation in more general terms, and then bring it to the specifics for a prison. In the second, Jay will share from his lived experience inside prison. He'll share what tiny changes in prison behavior can do to make a big impact for good. It's exciting stuff, friends. Please remember that the overall goal of this podcast is to encourage listeners 
to think, to care, and to respond in compassionate ways that might have a positive impact on the overwhelmingly negative culture inside a prison's walls. We welcome your questions, your thoughts, and your stories. Please drop us a comment on the Contact Us page at prisoncare.org or send an email to info at prisoncare.org. The Prison Care website offers an ever-growing library of always free, downloadable PDF resources, curriculum to help people like you get the hang of impacting a prison in supportive ways. So please visit prisoncare.org, take a look around, offer some feedback, and then share the site with your friends. We all have a lot to learn about this important need in our society, and together we can make a positive difference. Thanks for caring enough to listen today. Thanks for listening to the Prison Care Podcast. Be sure to visit us at prisoncare.org. Prison Care, equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters.